it's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey breaking it down each week in Districts 1 and 2 with Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? What's going on? It's finally like on technically fall. Is that today or tomorrow? I can't remember. Well, you're wearing yeah. your zip up like it's fall. So, well, it's because it's like it was like 38 degrees when I woke up this morning. <laughs> so it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. Yep. Winter, winter is fast approaching up north um, for sure. Uh, if you want to see Ryan's zip up jacket, you can uh, check out the video version of this podcast at IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page. Um, audio only as well at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. So with it getting cooler outside, let's let's hit the pool first this week, Ryan. Let's talk a little. <laughs> it seems because you think winter, enough. you think swimming, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, you know where I grew up in Montana. Um, there's only a handful of schools that have swimming, but it is a winter sport. It is like it's yeah. It goes along with basketball and wrestling. It is in Washington that. too. Yeah. Yeah pretty interesting so uh we we wanted to talk swimming we don't always talk a ton of swimming on on the prep cast but we wanted to give a shout out this week to ethan harrell from lakeland last week at a competition he set a new school record in the 100 fly that is uh that's a very short um you know very short race but he uh did it in a minute 2.37 seconds so way to go ethan harrell from lakeland pretty solid time too Good job for him. Yeah, no. And uh, that may have happened, actually. I might have been there when that was taking place, not actually watching the event, but I was probably working out at the Croc Center when they had their meet last week. So, yeah, no, that's a 25-yard pool, too. So, uh, four laps, obviously. But, a, uh, no, that's awesome. That's a great That's a great job. Yeah, that's uh, that's so awesome. And then um, we, we love to uh, give shout-outs uh, to, to swimmers when we can like wallace had some really good swimmers last year that were breaking mm-hmm. school records left and right as well and the lake so, city's girl swim team is still flat dominant too they're just absolutely raking so give them a shout out too because that lake city team they're looking they could re- very likely repeat this year yeah definitely um okay let's also give a shout out uh and we've mentioned this athlete a couple of times on the on the prep cast this year um but anna peters from uh from post falls just continues to uh, excel and be awesome and she goes over uh well not her per, i mean post falls as a team went over to missoula on saturday for one of the bigger you know meets of the year there's teams from washington and obviously montana come and, and idaho and um she ends up winning the the competition in missoula yeah, I think she ran. It was just over 17 minutes to run the entire. Qu- I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's so crazy fast. So, uh, hats off to her on a great effort. I know that, that that takes an insane amount of training year round to be able to do stuff like that. But um, to be able to turn in those times is is just. Yeah, just phenomenal. Um, so, we definitely wanted to, to give a shout out to Anna Peters there. Yeah, especially high. <laughs> I lost my video for a second, but we're back. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, unlike your uh, video that lags, no lag in Anna Peters' game. She um, she's right. a phenomenal competitor. So she went over to Missoula and and won there. Um, okay, also an impressive streak that's kind of been underreported this year. The Lake City girls soccer team is off to a nine and zero start this year, and when you couple that with 
the run they went on last year. And let's not forget, they are the defending 5A state champs. Nobody is talking about Lake City. Everyone's like, oh, Rocky Mountain, Boise, Timberline, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, Lake City quietly going about their business. The, the Lady T-Wolves just under the radar. You know, I think they probably prefer it that way because that's how it was last year at State, and then they ended up running through and winning. They beat Gonzaga Prep last week. And that's, that's a big win. That's a big win. Yes, that is. That's no no joke. The Bullpups are a very good program. They win three nothing, and with the win, they're now nine and zero this year. But they have won twenty six matches in a row. Or, well, they're unbeaten in twenty six matches, so they've they've drawn or won twenty six in a row. That's insane, and and yeah. I look at <laughs> I look at it and the way they play too. That's I don't think that's that. I mean, we're going to continue that streak. Let's be let's be real and. Um, I don't know if they've got Sandpoint still coming up on the schedule. That's that's going to be a tough game. But, um, yeah, I don't know about league this year. You know, the, the IEL's good, but, man, it's just it's their head and shoulders above the competition. They could run the table this year very realistically. Um, and I I see a repeat, and that's just me kind of looking at things in, in the landscape of soccer. And they like this, like, Rodney Danger field we can't get any respect type thing even though they're state champions um i think that that's going to continue and they can keep playing with the chip on their shoulder and they've kind of embraced that mantra yeah i mean they bring back a pretty solid one-two punch in uh elliot cordis and georgia whitehead i mean those two alone are incredible but you know they've gotten contributions up and down the roster this year and so it's been really uh, fun to watch you know they they played moscow back on wednesday september 14th um, and they they played a neutral site game. Did you, did you see this, Ryan? They, yeah, they met Moscow was, the, at the yeah the new Merrim Health facility out there in 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 Worley. That's that was all. That's a cool facility too. If you haven't driven through there, I know that Lakeside's going to play a few football games there this fall. But that is an awesome facility. That's really cool for that community. Yeah, that that is. Uh, I, I saw the pictures of it and I was blown away. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a phenomenal facility!" And so that was kind of cool that Lake City and Moscow uh, met up, and then Lake City won ten to one, like they do. And okay, yeah. so you mentioned you mentioned Sandpoint. They played Sandpoint all the way back in the season opener that's in Sandpoint, and they won six <laughs> nothing. Now so they. I knew they'd played, but I couldn't remember what the score was. <laughs> and then they played um, back on September 7th as well. Um, and they won that eight, nothing. So Man. that's just, and that's, that, and that's saying something because that standpoint team's good. I mean, we talked about what they were able to do last year, obviously, but instead obviously missing the state playoffs, but um, yeah, I mean, you look at Lake city and it's just, that just tells you the level of talent that's on that team. And I did get a chance to watch them play a little bit. Um, in their in their last home game um, my son and i were like riding bikes and stopped and watch the one thing that stands out watching them is their team speed is insane i mean for a girls soccer team to be able to play one with the unity that they have but the the speed that they have on the field is is incredible for a high school girls soccer team and it stands i can only imagine watching them on that field turf out there at Merrim health out there in Worley. that i mean there's a reason that score was was you know 10 you know, 10 goals is insane, but yeah, that team, their speed is ridiculous. Yeah, they are legit. No doubt about it. And it'll be fun to watch Lake city as they continue to navigate through the girls soccer season. Uh, okay. Let's shift to football. Now 
I want I wanted to lead with the game that you were on the call for on North Idaho game night last week, quarter lane 14, Lakeland 13. But we got to get this one out of the way first. Let's let's talk a little eight man football, Ryan, because this was the first result of the week for the entire state. Kendrick <laughs> Century Club. <laughs> Kendrick 104, Genesee zero. Oh, I know. I know. And I know Justin Pedrovsky is the, the head coach of Genesee and you know, he was talking about his crew and they were missing one of their best players, but um, he, he, he had mentioned that Kendrick kind of called the dogs off too. And that was, he's the, literally they were running two plays and um, you know, still knowing what's coming and being able to have that type of result. I don't care what level of football you are, but even especially an eight man too, but that, that Kendrick team is, is for real. They're legit. They've got dudes everywhere. They play as a as an insane unit. They're just a machine. Yeah. So two things to take away from this. I saw a lot of comments from people saying, what poor sportsmanship to win 104 to nothing. It's like, hey, Ty Kep played like a quarter, you know, the starting yeah. quarterback for Kendrick. And they pulled him. Like they started bringing in backups like in the second quarter. Yeah. And like you said, they they drilled down the playbook to like two plays. So for those freshmen and sophomores and those second and third stringers, you know what? They they don't owe Genesee anything because this is, you know, you show they, up to play, right? They, they may they may not get an opportunity to play again this year. So of course they're gonna wanna like you're gonna tell your third string running back, hey, you just broke off a 40 yard run. Don't don't score go down to a knee like no of course he wants a touchdown because yeah he's a freshman playing in a varsity game so i i think that was unfounded i think kendrick did all they could in that situation in terms of sportsmanship what are they going to start kneeling down that's more insulting than than putting up 104 points i would receive a punt and then just take three knees and punt it back and then i mean that's not football that's let's be real yeah, that's that's pretty patronizing, I thought. Um, and then for Genesee, you're right. They don't have Angus Jordan, who uh, is uh, basically a four-year starter at quarterback. He's actually from uh, Washington. Um, Genesee does a co-op he's from, with from Col- Yeah, he's from Colton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he he's out with an injury. Hopefully, he's back really soon because Genesee obviously is a much different team when when he's in the lineup. Um, but the thing that Genesee can be proud of is, you know, Kendrick did this to Wilbur Creston Keller last week. And in the third quarter, Wilbur Creston Keller from Washington was like, hey, we're done. Like, we're we're going to call the game. Genesee could have done oh, that. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and they didn't. They said, no, we want to compete to the end. We, we're not giving up on this game. And so I think they have a lot to be proud of in terms of not giving up. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot to be said, and I think that's a reflection of their coach, too. Um, just knowing him, you know, his history of playing at, at Lewiston High School and then at the University of Idaho. Um, you know, Coach Pedrovsky does a great job with those kids, and um, he's a he's a good coach. And you know, it's just obviously one of those nights you run into a buzzsaw. It kind of stacked chips stacked against you, but um, it's just you know a gaudy score. But I don't think that there was any malintent or any maliciousness from a, from Kendrick's side of things. Um, and I think the, their coach, you know, admitted to that. Like Genesee's coach said, no, like they they're gentlemen and they. We're good sports about everything. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and along the same lines, Kendrick's um, league rival, Lewis County, you know, they, they played Meadows Valley in a non-conference game. Meadows Valley is a program that it's their first year of full varsity football in about 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're a program that's, you know, very new to this and still kind of building. And uh, Lewis County said coach Monty Madrell basically played his freshman and sophomores and that's it. He didn't play any of his upperclassmen because I mean, he knew that his team was going to win the game and, I thought it was a really good nod of sportsmanship to say, you know what, yeah. I'm just going to play my younger guys and Ty Hambly and everybody else. You guys just sit for a game. You know, there's a team that, you know, in Washington is semi nearby, but Kettle Falls up here in northeastern Washington. They're playing a full JV slate this year um, just because of numbers. They've got so many freshmen and sophomores. Well, they actually agreed this last week to play a varsity level eight man football game. They're an 11 man school and they played eight man football just to put some dates on the schedule. And um, so, yeah, I, you see kids step up in situations that, you know, they, they do the right thing. And coaches generally, the majority of the time, do the right thing too. And, you know, as parents, you can sit back and, you know, know that your kid is going to be done right by somebody. And that there's nothing there. There was no nothing malicious in, in any of these scores from the from the weekend. Definitely not. And now Lewis County plays Kendrick uh, this Friday night, so um, we'll see. Yeah. That should be Lewis County uh, is trying to get to the playoffs. Two teams from that conference get to the playoffs, and so Kendrick obviously locked in. Lewis County and Timberline probably going to fight for that that second spot. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, we'll just wrap up the eight man conversation. Uh, White Pine League, one A D one. Clearwater Valley beat Lapway last week on IdahoSports.com. We sent Garrison Hardy and Jason Hansen down to Kuski to broadcast <laughs> that game, and they 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 were super excited to do it. And and uh, the Rams were super excited to have us there broadcasting. Uh, Clearwater Valley outscored Lapway six sixteen nothing over the final ten minutes or so to um pull out the come from behind win and so now you've got this log jam at the top ryan where prairie and clearwater valley and Kamii are all two and oh in the league and they're all kind of gearing up to play each other and we'll see the first uh domino uh this friday when when Kamii takes on clearwater Valley. that's a big rivalry game kuski and Kamii are what that is yeah that's miles the, apart. the battle of highway 12 and yeah that's yeah. a that's gonna be a dandy of a ball game that should be uh, I like, like I said, I liked Cami at the beginning of the year. I think that they're going to come out of the conference as league champs, but that's going to be a whale of ball game. and a good test. I think for Clearwater Valley to know where they're at, because they still have a test, you know, they still got to play Prairie, some of the other conference foes later in the year, but um, you know, see how the, the, the deck kind of shuffles out after a big test early in the year. Yeah, that's going to be a fantastic game. That's Clearwater Valley at Kamii. Both teams three and one overall. Both teams two and zero oh in the conference as well. All right, let's jump back up to to the eleven man game. The game you were at Friday night, Ryan uh, Coeur d'Alene uh, defeats Lakeland fourteen to thirteen. All the scoring was done in the first half, right? Yeah, it was lit up too. Lakeland went out uh, to a fourteen zero lead to to start the game, and it looked like you know Lakeland was driving again, and then it getting stopped on a, on a fourth down deep in quarter lane territory. They didn't take the field goal attempt. And uh, my partner in the booth, Brandon Fury was, was saying, he's like, I think that's going to be the kind of telling point in the game. Cause if it's going to, if Lakeland loses this game, it's going to come back probably to that drive. Um, and sure enough, you know, quarter lane came back and did enough. They got a couple big touchdown passes. They couldn't, you know, they got their, their conversions, but Lakeland hit some field goals too. They only got the one touchdown, but um you know, they did suffer a pretty significant injury in their lineup with losing Thomas Calder. Um, and then they lost Saputsky for the rest of the game as well, who was his backup. 
in the lineup. So the Lakeland was short staffed in the second half, but their defense, man, is scrappy as all get out. I'll give them credit for that. Um, they play great defensive brand of football, but um, you know, shout, you know, hats off to, to kids. You're the quarterback at, at quarter lane through some dimes, but our player of the game, um, you know, the wideout had a, had a phenomenal game. I just, I was really impressed with how Cordelang came out of the second half and made their adjustments and really was able to start moving the ball way more effective. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Colton Farrar was the, Colton the Farrar one. was solid. Yeah. Great yeah. game. Idaho sports that play the game. And yeah, uh, it seems like Jamison Kizar is getting more and more comfortable with each passing week. You know, I, I was on the call for quarterlane's first game of the year against Rigby. Um, and you could tell it was a kid making his first, you know, varsity start, but he's really developed into a, into a good playmaker for quarter lane. He's not trying to do too much, right? He's no, kind of letting the game come to him. Yeah. The tools and intangibles are there when you watch him play too. I think it's, he just needs to be confident in who he is and you watch him play and the more confidence he gets later in the game, he, he games, he balls out. So I don't know. I, I could see Coeur having a great run to the end of this year. And you certainly look ahead to that Lewiston game is going to be probably a, a whale of a ball game, but post falls will probably have something to say about that too. But um, you know, Coeur being able to eke out a couple close victories over those four, a teams um, between Sandpoint and Lakeland, you know, that's a turn of fortune for Coeur d'Alene. Obviously, they got a. I think they're playing Woodenville this weekend at home. But um, yeah, it should be interesting. Interesting road ahead for the Vikings. Yes, you are correct. Coeur d'Alene uh, takes on Woodenville. Um, Lakeland, meanwhile, will play Post Falls. This is our North Idaho game night on IdahoSports.com. It's going to be Post Falls taking on Lakeland. The Trojans very quietly i feel like have gone three and one they just went to spokane and shut out university high 41 nothing that's pretty impressive yeah. u high is not the strongest of the programs in spokane but they still got talent um but they had their special teams like we talked about it last year they were great in their return game it's much the same this year they're amazing on the special team side of the ball uh they they control very well boost monte in the running game does a great job at running back uh, their defensive line, their front seven. Actually, I'd say their defense is very, very underrated. Um, defensively, they get a lot of sacks and a lot of pressure on the quarterback, um, and then they, which leads to the turnovers on the back end. And that you just look at them as a team, and there's, you know, very quietly, I could see them being possibly a playoff team. Absolutely. Well, and you know they're motivated to get there after last year, um, basically, just missing out. I mean, if the team, if the playoff field had 13 teams instead of 12 like post falls is in like they were oh, the first absolutely. they were the first team to to miss the cut line and so i know they're very motivated to try and get back to the postseason and there's just so many great coaches up north you know mm -hmm. uh sean amos at Coeur d'Alene and blaine bennett at post falls and uh you know up in sandpoint coach Knowles. and there's just really good coaching up there to where even though these you know post falls and quarter especially you know had to re rebuild right they lost a lot of talent to graduation but you know they've got great coaching and they've got cohesion in their coaching staffs as well. The quarter lane coaching staff has been together for so long um, that that really helps. And I think that yeah. makes a difference. So it, it does. And the kids see it because it's almost like a family atmosphere. You see the coaches, you know, spending time together and they know each other ins and outs and they, they know what they're going to call. And there's a lot of cohesiveness on that, on that staff. And um, the one thing I did want to mention too, is like the, you can notice a, a palatable difference in the Lakeland, 
program with having the new coaching staff has brought a different swagger to the kids. They're, they're loose and they're coming out. I mean, punching, you know, throwing punches as far as not literally, but um, you know, coming out with no fear attitude and it didn't matter who they played. They were obviously undefeated going into that game. I think the same thing's going to happen if they get Calder back again, you know, for this game, he was running on the sideline in the second half, but never came back in the game. Um, if he's healthy and ready to go for this week, you know, with Calder and Cornish, that one-two punch, and then Lautzenheiser getting some some confidence in the passing game, and if they can get things going. They got young receivers, but there's some talent there um, with Ezra Benson. Um, Lakeland's going to have a pretty potent offense if they can keep things rolling. They just got to keep Lautzenheiser clean in the passing game. They gave up quite a few sacks to the Coeur d'Alene front seven. That seems like that's been the the key for quarter or for uh, Lake Lakeland the last several years is can can that offensive line give these yep. skill guys enough time to make the plays and so that'll be something to watch going yeah. forward. But this Friday night, Post Falls at Lakeland, North Idaho game night on IdahoSports.com. Ryan Skaggs, Brandon Fury will be on the call for that one. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, our other matchup up in North Idaho this week. Game night on the Palouse Sandpoint. We'll be traveling to Lewiston. What <laughs> should be a fantastic, <laughs> dandy of a ball game. <laughs> yeah, Garrison Hardy and Jason Hansen will be on the call for that one. Um, each each team played well last week. Let's start with Sandpoint. They played uh, Homedale three A Power. This was a game they lost last year in Homedale. Uh, they hold serve at home 28-21. They built up a big lead, and then Homedale kind of rallied back late. Yeah, that was a deceptive score because I watched the game film from that one, and um, Sandpoint was d- dominant in that game. I mean, it was really not in question other than they put in backups with like nine minutes to go in the game, and and, and Homedale started mounting a bit of a comeback. Um, but a big night, very, very, very clean game from Parker Pettit at quarterback. Um you know, the receivers stepped up big. There was a lot less drops this week than there's been in weeks past. The defense was just flat dominant. I mean, Weston Benefield at linebacker is probably one of the best, in my opinion, one of the top five defensive players in the state of Idaho. Um, I think he's very he's he he was an all-state player, but not a lot of people talk about him, but he's he's phenomenal. But that that uh that secondary from Sandpoint's pretty dang good too. You got some like Jack Zimmerman in the backfield in the back end of that defense. Um they're uh they're they're starting to click. I think they've cleaned things up, but they've seen a little bit of troubles earlier in the year. So it should be a great ball game between them and Lewis. And hats off the Bengals. You know, they're able to to play multiple. I think the, we've seen each week somebody else has kind of stepped up and carried the mantle for them um, offensively. And so they're able to clean things up. And offensively, I, I look at them and they're a, they're they're a rock solid team. Um, they're a complete team. I look at them as far as both sides of the ball passing or running. They're effective both ways and defensively they get takeaways. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic battle. Sandpoint, you mentioned West Benefield at linebacker. I think that 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 group of three linebackers you've got Benefield and Levi Ballison and Owen Wimmer. I would put those mm-hmm. three up against any trio of Absolutely. linebackers in the state. All all three of those guys can ball out for sure. Well, Wimmer's coming off of an injury from last year. He missed most of last year, and Wimmer probably would have found himself on the All-State list too. I mean, he's a great linebacker in his own right. So, yeah, that's that's a complete defensive unit for the Bulldogs. That's going to be Garrison's in. They're in for a treat down there in Lewiston on Friday night. That's going to be a heck of a game. 
Yeah, you mentioned Parker Pettit threw for 320 yards and a touchdown for Sandpoint in the victory. Uh, big game for Pettit. Uh, Lewiston, uh, they went to Pendleton, Oregon, and I don't I don't know what type of program Pendleton is necessarily, but the Bengals had no problems uh, with with Pendleton. Um, they get a huge win, 49-14. to 14. Drew Hottinger very um, quietly has emerged as one of the best playmaking quarterbacks uh, in 5A football, I think. I saw him at the Rocky Mountain Rumble, and you could, you could see the potential there. Um, he was 10 of 16, 330 yards, four touchdowns. And he then rushed for 52 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. And uh, amongst all this, the Lewiston Tribune had this in their in their paper on Saturday. Hottinger threw a 94-yard touchdown to Austin Lawrence that set a new school record for yeah, longest I saw play. That. I saw that play online. That was that's a heck of a play too. That was <laughs> a great throw, but a great run by the receiver too. That was uh, a phenomenal effort. <laughs> That wasn't a like a screen pass and he broke a tackle and, and yeah. Lawrence ran. No, this was like a 40, 45 yard pass down the field. Yeah, it was then, a the nice, nice deep poster out that he hit him right over the middle and he did the rest of the work getting down the field. Yeah. So Lewiston um, goes to three and one on the season um, with the win there. So um, that, that'll be pretty interesting uh, to check out there as well. You know, and it's um, it's interesting in that game if you want to look at records too for both teams. It's got a lot of max preps and implications, I think, for both teams. Who gets the victory? There's there's a lot to reap there as far as benefit um, for the playoff picture. You know, it, obviously, it doesn't do much because it's a five a four a game. But I think for both teams, they're looking at it as a must win. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, let's move on to three A two A football, Ryan. And this is going to be uh, this is going to be fun. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna take the viewers behind the and the listeners behind the scenes here. Um, so the computer that I have here that we're recording on, um, I've got a like a wireless mouse and the battery, and it just died. So <laughs> I, I I have no I have no controls over. I got I got to plug this bad boy in and recharge. Now I've got an old school mouse that actually hardwires into the computer. Um, I got to get it though. So let me, let me swap out these mouses, these mice. And, um, why, while I do that, <laughs> you're going to throw me on the spot. <laughs> yes. Okay. While, while I do that, I want you to break down Kellogg's victory over St. Mary's last week. They won 44 to 21. They had lost seven to nothing at Deer Park, Washington the week prior, which was like, I don't know anything about Washington football. Deer but Park's good. They're a good Deer, team. Deer yeah. Park must be winning state championships left and right because to shut out that Kellogg offense, you got to be really good. So, but Kellogg bounces back in a nice way, and um, you know, I actually thought St. Mary's was pretty competitive in the ball game as well. Yeah, and you look at the Lunas and, and Ripley and Colby. I mean, they're both solid players. Are I and you know at their respective positions are getting solid looks, uh, D one FCS level, but. Um, no, I mean, it's a huge win for Kellogg. It's so distracting. Oh, you over what I'm talking. <laughs> so here's, here's what I, I gotta, pl I gotta plug this in you and... jump into your game bag and start pulling out that stuff. But no, yeah, um, but we, the Luna's obviously having a huge night and, and, you know, it's kind of sink or swim with them. Um, you know, as they go and they have big games, obviously Kellogg's going to have a big game. Um, it would be nice to find, um, at least for the state you know, level competition, if they're going to make it to the state playoffs and, and have the aspirations of winning at all, um, you'd want to find at least another, 
guy or two that's going to show up and, and give them a little bit extra production. Uh, just relying solely on those two guys so much. Um, if you, you know, obviously bracket on the outside and then you can spy the quarterback, you're going to shut down some of the running game and it, it makes them a little one dimensional. Definitely. So you talked about the the Lunas and they, they get the attention because they're related, right? So if you talk yeah. about one, you have but to But also talk they're about like the 6'3 and <laughs> solid athletes too. That certainly helps. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> here, here are the stats. Ripley was 15 of 18. He only missed on three passes, 242 yards, four touchdowns. Also ran for 98 yards and two touchdowns. Colby Luna caught six passes for 117 yards, but the the four the four touchdowns actually went to two other receivers. And this is this is what makes Kellogg so dangerous. It's not just the Lunas. Varick yeah. Meredith, who started his career at Lake City, was a pretty good basketball player. Um, moved to Kellogg. Um, he caught seven passes for 108 yards and two touchdowns. And then Ramsey Rainio caught the other two touchdowns. So they've got Rainio and Varick Meredith and Colby Luna and Ripley slinging the ball to him. They're good. You know, it, it's, you look at like, and I go back to kind of using Deer Park as a litmus test for them. Deer Park's got a really solid defense and they played really tough against Lakeside. Who's got a really good quarterback in Cole Hunsaker. If, if you watch inland Northwest football up here, uh, people would know that name, but, um, and, and, you know, that was a tight ball game. And, you know, so I don't really know what happened on the, the seven zero is, is just a weird stat to me. It doesn't compute because the offense is so potent. Um, just, I don't know if it was drops or what, but that's just, I didn't, obviously didn't get to watch that game, but um, you know, moving forward, I think they kind of, it's one of those ones you flush it as they say, <laughs> and uh, you move on. So I think they're, they're looking ahead now and they've got some big games coming up down the stretch and um, you know, certainly looking through the playoff. I think they're going to be in there for sure, but uh, yeah, how much noise they make in the playoffs is, is yet to be seen. I think defensively they've been playing pretty solid too. That's the under, the unsung kind of part of that team is the defense has been been playing pretty dang solid. Definitely. So that's kind of what's going on at the two A level. Let's wrap up with three A. Bonner's Ferry very quietly four and zero. But here's the thing: is like we don't we don't know what to make of it because the only Idaho opponent they've played is Grangeville. Um, and Grangeville got their first win of the year over New Plymouth, by the way, 28-21. So congrats to the Bulldogs. The fighting Paul Kingsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, I've got a picture. Um, for some reason, on the New Plymouth School website, um, they've got all the old yearbooks um, from, like, years past on there. Um, and I stumbled upon it one day when I was looking for a schedule or something for New Plymouth. And I was like, well, huh, I know, I know Paul Kingsbury, our boss. He graduated in 1993. And um, I'm, I'm going to try and look in, in that year and see if I can find it. Oh, yeah, I found some gems. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got those in a little blackmail file. If I ever uh, need roll pilgrims. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so Grangeville got a win, 28-21. Congrats to them. Um, that's the only Idaho opponent Bonner's Ferry has played. Otherwise, they've played both Lincoln County and Libby from Montana. And then last week they beat Connell Washington 14 to six. So they've, they've been, they've had three games with very similar scores as well. Connell's they, not a bad team either. That's the thing. I mean, historically they've been pretty solid in the one a ranks. So that's not a, that's not a bad win. I think that's the Badgers are starting to peak, which is cool. I mean, that will work out well for them. Obviously late in the year, they're going to get Timberlake and that's the test you win and you're in. So that's right. It's <laughs> Timberlake's coming around. So yeah, Timberlake beating Moscow is a, a big one too. So 
Yeah, definitely. So yeah, they've won 14, nothing over Lincoln County, 14 to three over Grangeville and then 14 to six last week over uh, Connell. So um, I can tell you in Montana that Lincoln County would be like a three, a school in Idaho. They're up in Eureka, Montana. Libby would be more like a four, a Libby would be more like a, like a Lakeland Sandpoint um, type of team. Mm-hmm. So that is a good win for Bonner's Ferry there against the Libby Loggers. They do this cool thing. Uh, sorry, this isn't the Montana prep cast, but... Um, they, <laughs> sorry, I was talking Washington, so you're all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, in North Idaho, you do. You kind of have to... Oh, we're a sliver. It. We're only like we're only like 40 miles wide, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so my... I have family that live in Libby. My, my dad kind of grew up in Libby as a kid, and so I've, I've been there, you know, millions of times and but before their football games the the libby loggers and their fans all bring these chainsaws and they they rev up the chainsaws like prior to the game and before the team comes running out uh, as a player you know i i played there in high school it's it's kind of intimidating that's <laughs> awesome <little> <laughs> it's like things you get away with then i don't know if they're still doing it or not but <laughs> yeah this this was back in the mid 2000s when i played so i don't yeah i don't know if they're still doing it but um <laughs> Yeah, they bring out the chainsaws and get get them fired up. So, uh, good win for Bonner's Ferry there. And then, yeah, you mentioned uh, yep. Timberlake, um, fifty eight to twenty eight over Moscow. This this is a Moscow team that um, has fallen in into into disarray a little bit. Um, Rob Bafus, great coach. It's just going to take some time to rebuild. He's got to find some identity, especially at the quarterback position. So there's, there's some struggles. There's some bright spots on that roster though. There's some young kids that are really good. That freshman sophomore class is pretty good, but there's just, they need, they need some experience. Yeah, for sure. And so Timberlake three and one, their only loss was to South Fremont um, at the beginning of the year in a game that uh, you were on the call for. And so, um, here's the thing. If Bonner's Ferry keeps winning, right? They're four and zero, and wouldn't you know it? They play another out of state opponent this week. So we're not going to be able to gauge. Well, there's one league date now because their league fell apart, but that's not their fault. <laughs> right. Right. So Bonner's Ferry plays East Valley from, from Spokane Oof. this week. And that's a tough, that's no, a tough, it's not. That's no, not, no. Oh, oh, oh! I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking West Valley. You're Clark, thinking West Valley. Yeah, East I'm Valley getting, got beat yes. by Clarkston last week, like sixty-two to something. Like, they, yeah, East Valley is down bad. Yes. So, yeah. yeah that should uh, yes. Be I was thinking West Valley. You're correct. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, you're looking at their like five and zero. The way three A works is the league champ gets in, of course, but then there are there are three at large bids that are available as well. And Bonner's Ferry could easily grab one of those at large or Timberlake. I mean, they still have to play each other. Let's not slight them. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. Whoever, whoever um, (laughs) loses that matchup. Here's but I mean, here's the crazy part. You don't want to make what's his name's dad mad like I did during baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Bateman. Bateman, (laughs) That's right. Uh, Yes, you're correct. Um, So whoever loses that game has a great chance of getting into the playoffs as an at-large team. You got to figure the crazy thing in 3A football is right now in District 6, uh, South Fremont is 5-0, Sugar Salem is 4-0, Teton is 4-0. Nobody's lost in that district. And one of those teams will grab one of those at-large bids, you would think. So, you know, the the window is small, but if but as long as Timberlake and Bonners both keep winning... There's no reason both of them can't be in the playoffs. I mean, and you look at the other conference, like the Western Idaho Conference, like, you know, we know Homedale's in. I don't know if, like, it's Fruitland and Payette and everybody, Weezer, 
you know, Weezer's right there too, obviously coming off of the state championship last year, but um outside of two teams, I don't I don't know if either of them would grab a bid over a you know five and one or five and two or six and one team out of the north. Yeah, so it's something we'll keep an eye on. And uh, as we get into October, we'll start looking at the max preps rankings and kind of figuring out where everybody sits with all of that because we're just kind of getting into conference play in in most leagues. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. Timberlake plays St. Mary's this week. Uh, The gauntlet continues for the Lumberjacks. Um, We'll we'll see if they can. um, No days off. (laughs) Really, there aren't. Um, Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as well, but man, there's going to be some good matchups. I would say the best matchups this week though, are kind of at that five, a four, a with the two games we're going to be bringing you on IdahoSports.com, uh, Lakeland hosting post falls and Lewiston hosting Sandpoint, And then that, that Clearwater Valley, uh, cami game at the one, a level is also going to yep. be fantastic football. So. Yeah, I, I'm saying this is the weekend to keep your eyes peeled for an upset. There's there'd be one somewhere in there that's just gonna like stand out and you're be like, what in the world happened there? But I think we're we're probably primed now, getting that time of the season, or at least get one of those games a week where one of the better teams is gonna start getting picked off. And maybe it happens up in, in Rathrum this weekend. I don't know, but uh, Lakeland, if they can play defense the way they've been playing, man, they're gonna be in every ball game. So we got a dandy one on Friday night. That's gonna be a fun game. Definitely. That's going to be a fantastic battle. And again, if you want to see everything that we're broadcasting each week, just click on the game streams tab. It's right on the homepage at idahosports.com. All right, Ryan, have fun on the call of, of your game on Friday night. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next week to, to break it all down again. So sounds great. All right. Thanks for tuning into the North Idaho Prepcast, everyone. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.